serve and, and want to uh, plug in on the tear out tab, you can respond there and say, hey, I'm looking to get plugged in with this or uh, just respond in any way. If there's something you need prayer for, uh, some situation, fill out that tab and say, I just need prayer uh, this week. Uh, and also, if you're a guest, uh, we're so glad that you're here uh, worshiping with us this morning. Uh, if you would also, on that tab, just fill that out and drop it in the offering plate as it comes around, and that can be your gift to us this morning. Uh, we just want to let you know that we are very glad you came to worship with us this morning. Uh, and if you would, would everyone please stand for the reading of God's Word. This is Psalm 134. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Amen. And now, if you would just uh, take a moment, greet one another, and then David will uh, lead us in worship. because we're having steaks from Columbia's and they don't bring extra steaks just in case we want them. You know? <laughs> it's going to be a good night tonight. You've probably noticed in your bulletin a thing called the glory of Easter. Let me share a little bit about that this morning because I need you to know and to be involved and to be praying about this and hopefully in support of it. Our choir has in the past presented musicals like we did at Christmas, big event, it was wonderful. Christmas time, two or three years ago, our drama ministry presented, it was a, a play called Common Men, Uncommonly Called. I don't know if you remember that or not, but we built a set, and had some things. We've had some pretty neat productions around here over the last six or seven years. And we've had some good help and we have some good talent to help make those things happen. So. This year for Easter, this is going to be about an hour-long Easter play slash musical. Uh, it's going to be a little more involved than some of the past ones we've done simply because of the folks we have involved. We have the ability to do some neat things with drama and with our choir. We're going to have our children's choir involved as well. As you noticed uh, at Christmas time, our children's choir now has begun to come along very nicely, and I'm excited about that. But this sheet tells you some of the things that you can do to help us. If you'd like to sing in the choir, we're rehearsing every Wednesday night at 6.30 for an hour from 6.30. But there's other things if you want to be part of the drama. There's going to be some scenes that you might participate in. Uh, right now, we need a couple of disciples. We have 12 disciples that we need because that's how many there were. And I think we have 10, so we need a couple more. We're going to have to have some help with costumes. Um, we have some great folks going to help us build a set up here. The set's going to be basically an upper room that you'll see that will be behind us. Now, I've heard all sorts of crazy things that we're going to punch holes in the stage and hammer through the walls. And, you know, we're not going to do any of that stuff. 
we are going to make sure that our platform, after it's all over with, looks just like it does right now, okay, in case you're wondering about that. We need some help in the technical area. We have uh, some need there. We have publicity folks. That we need some children, some specific children to play a couple of parts, so we have that on here if you have uh, interest in that. Ushers and greeters and parking and food service, you can, you can take this list and if you would like to just be a part of this, I'd suggest you check off and put your name and add name and phone number on here, don't need your address. Fold it, put it in the offering plate, hand it to me afterwards, make sure somehow in the office we get this because we'll take this list. Each of these areas have a person in charge of them, like a chairperson, and so as we get information of people who are willing to help, we'll pass this along. It'll be a great event. We're gonna do it three times, as you see there. And uh, hopefully, God will bless this. It'll be a great time for our church, for our ministry, for outreach into the community. It's about an hour long play. Should be about an hour long, and it should be a neat thing. So pray about that. Make sure that uh, you participate in the way that God leads you to do so. Now, today we're gonna have a time of worship that I know you'll enjoy. Patrick and Amy Singleton are going to lead us just a little bit later. But to begin with, we're going to stand together and sing to God be the glory. Let's do that. Yeah. 
this morning. I want to say a word, too, about our handbell choir. They will rehearse tonight at 545 because they're playing next Sunday morning. So if you're in the bell choir, please do so. That group rehearses on Sunday nights, usually at 5 o'clock. Our new orchestra rehearsal time is at 5.30 on Wednesday nights, and we've been working on playing uh, next week or so also. Uh, Rich is in the orchestra. You've heard him play before, and I appreciate him playing today. It's going to be a gorgeous song. Yeah, it's called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And uh, the second part is a little bit jazzed up. If you can recognize it, then Thank you for letting us let me play anyway.
stand please as we sing together. What a fellowship, what a joy divine leading on the everlasting Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting Ushers, you come as we sing. What Okay, we've had a change of plans, so we're going to go ahead and get started. <laughs> um, I know what you're thinking, that we're up here so y'all get to sit and relax and enjoy or whatever, but that's not the case today. We've got three songs, and we're going to teach you the first one. So um, first I'll say good morning, everyone. Um, this is a David Crowder song. I've talked to some of you this morning already that know it, so if you could sing out with us, but we're going to kind of go through it slowly and learn it, and then we'll all just sing together and see how it goes, okay? So we'll start with the first verse here. Uh, I'm going to sing it, and then y'all can kind of join me the second time, okay? My beloved, bring me awake. Take me up to your resurrection place. My beloved, bring me awake. Cause I wanna feel your light on my face. All right, y'all ready to sing that part? Yep. <laughs> they look ready. <laughs> my beloved, bring me Take me up to your resurrection place. 
this is going to be the chorus. Ready? There's a sun coming up in my soul, Lord, in my soul. There's a sun coming up in my soul, Lord, in my soul. Let's sing it together. There's a sun coming up in my soul, Lord, in my soul. There's a sun coming up in my soul, Lord, in my soul. And there's a few times it goes like this. Ready? I see the light. I see the light. I see the
it he picked it but it sounds like y'all liked it so <laughs> you shouldn't have to be taught the next two we'll just sing along with these two oh yes I'm supposed to stall for 20 seconds while he fixes his guitar <laughs> I forgot
want to have a seat, just keep singing along, okay?
church got snowed out, so I wanted to show you something. Um, when you're not able to give, we have a wonderful feature called Text to Give that we certainly offer here for all day. And David Dale's going to use this one to show you how this service works. So if you ever do have a snow day, this is a wonderful feature we certainly offer. David? All right. I have set up in my phone Text to Give, and all I have to do is put the number up there. Once I do that, I hit message, and then a, a screen comes up that asks how much, oh, you have to type in the word give. I put in the word give, just like this, and hit send, and then I get a question from the uh, text to give. It says, how much would you like to give? So I type in a number. It could be $5 or $5,000 or whatever you want to put in there, and I hit send. As soon as I hit send, I get a confirmation back. Thank you for your gift to Broadway Baptist Church. We had a big snow last Sunday, so a church got snowed out last week. You saw in that video, Brother Hurd was there. He's at Pinkard Baptist Church over in Versailles, over in, out in the country in Woodford County out there. His grandson, I believe, his granddaughter, granddaughter is getting baptized. So that's where him and Margaret are at right now. So that is... Uh, text to Give is a new service we started this year. We started offering. And something else we've started, I wanted Vicki Sims to stand. Vicki, will you stand up? So she said I had her permission to do this. We have offering envelopes. Uh, if you're here, you should receive an offering. If you do not receive it quarterly, if you don't receive an offering envelope, you should let Vicki know. And she can, uh, it's a, um, a service that mails it out every quarter. So you just let Vicki know, uh, send her a message, call pay with the office, and she can certainly make sure your address is in there receiving our offering envelopes, so when uh, we have big snow days like that, certainly occur, uh, we can um, uh, get in touch and certainly continue tithing and giving to the Lord. Open your Bibles, book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at these next two Sundays, a passage on prayer. Most importantly, it's a passage on the Lord's Prayer. This is what we call the model prayer. Jesus gave it to us, and you need to know it. Many of you grew up memorizing this prayer uh, in the King James Version. I memorized it in the NIV and certainly still remember it. Uh, with that. So it's one here. We're going to look at uh, well, well, how, how the Pharisees prayed, and then we're going to look at how Jesus taught the pray. There's a contrast between the two. When you walk out this morning, you should know, is my prayer life lining up with the example that Jesus Christ gave? He's setting a model for all of us to follow. This falls in with what we call the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is taking Old Testament commands and how the Pharisees are doing things and saying, that might be how you were taught at the temple or the synagogue, but here is what the Lord wants from you. That's what He did throughout the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to certainly see here with the, um, with the Lord's Prayer, He does, he does the same. Uh, I read the newspaper, and uh, oh, it was on February 3rd, there was an article in the... It was in the letters to the editor section. I want to read it to you. I won't say the person's name. They, they, uh, they live in one of the country counties next to, uh, Lex, uh, next to Fayette County. It's, the headline is called Action, Not Prayer. And the, you, have to, you, you take this and you really can't give any commentary on it, but it's something you have to be aware that some folks think this way. It says, as our governor, this is about Marshall County High School, about how there was a shooting there. As our governor visits Marshall County High School and asks for a day of prayer, I wonder, why not organize a day of weapons trade-in and get some of the guns used in these horrific episodes out of circulation? After all, 
your thoughts and prayers are appreciated, but do nothing to prevent more of the same. Now that was a letter to the editor, and I would guess this person here probably does not believe in prayer. So why, their attitude is, why pray about, why offer thoughts and prayers when you should be asking for folks' guns back? And there's probably, we're surrounded by a bunch of folks who do not believe in prayer. But we know in Scripture, Jesus commands us to pray. It is not optional for a believer. It is a, a task that you have to practice, and we want your, pra- your prayer life to actually line up with what Jesus gives us as the example we should be praying. We're going to look here at some pitfalls. So we're going to uh, look in our Bibles here. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. He's going to draw a contrast from the Pharisees to our prayer life. Whenever you pray, notice it assumes the word you, meaning you're going to pray. It's not an option. He didn't say if you pray. Whenever you pray, meaning that you're going to pray. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. And here's the model prayer He gives us. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, Your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debitors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, if you have the Christian Standard Bible, there's a footnote there, a a text note. It says B, and you look down at the bottom, and there's there's another ending to this prayer. It says down here in B, it says, Some later manuscripts ask, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then verse 14 and 15, Jesus says this right after He gives us the model prayer. He says, For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. And one of the examples in the model prayer here is that we are to forgive other people of their sins, their offenses, their debts, as the Scripture says. Now, Jesus is sharing this during the Sermon on the Mount. And He's saying the, the Pharisees, they pray publicly this way. And they've received their reward. Now, their reward is a reward from men. That's the Pharisees' reward. Whatever their, their claps, whatever the people think of them. But Jesus says the, uses the word reward here in Matthew chapter 6, verse Verse 6, it says, and you receive your reward from your Father there. So you say, what is, what is the reward that God is going to give us? Our reward from our prayer life is what we would call a fellowship or a relationship with God. The reward isn't other people think we're great because we have a prayer life 
or that God is obligated to answer our prayers. It's a communion with the Lord. It's a walk with, with Jesus that we have. There's a closeness in our relationship with the Lord. That's the reward he's talking about. So he's obviously drawing this contrast. So we have to answer the question this morning, why don't we pray? Why don't folks pray? Desperation. Unfortunately, many of our prayers that we give to the Lord are in desperation. We're distracted, we're busy, and we actually give up on, the, on our prayer life. And if that is you this morning, if you pray out of desperation, or you just don't pray because you're busy, you are living in great disobedience. You do not have communion or a fellowship with the Lord. And your prayers will go unanswered because you have no prayer life. And what happens is we must learn to pray and resist distractions in our prayers. The devil wants to keep you from your prayer life. And he will. He will make sure that this is low on the totem pole. No one actually says they're going to give up on prayer. No one verbally goes around saying it. Or nobody goes around, I guess the one person here in the newspaper, they don't, obviously they don't believe in it, but most folks don't say they don't believe in prayer. They simply have other things to do. This is busy. And the question here is, if your prayers were called into action, would it impact anyone's life? Meaning, if God actually answered your prayers, would anyone's life be changed? And we're going to look at it in a minute. And you look at this model prayer, the word I, me, and my are never used. Do you read over this? Never do we see the word I used in it, or my, or me. And Broadway, I want you to think about what I'm saying here. Jesus is, look at the words Jesus is using. Our, our Father, your kingdom come. Give us today our daily bread. There's never, God, give me my food. I want this. Lord, where's, where's my reward? What are you doing for me, Lord? I bet if, we're, if you're honest with yourself, your prayer life uses the pronouns I, me, and my. Yet Jesus didn't. Our prayers, and I'm preaching to myself here, church, they're selfish it's a selfishness in our prayer life. Our prayer life, we go to the Lord really with a laundry list. Say, God, this is what I want. This is who you need to heal. Here's who you need to bless. Lord, this is what you need to be taken care of because it affects me. Jesus did not pray that way whatsoever. You look at this prayer. He starts out, Our Father in heaven, Your name be holy. God, you're great. I want your kingdom. You're a set apart, Lord. You are holy and perfect. Lord, make me holy because you're holy. Our Father, meaning there's other folks here that are praying to you. It's not about me. Other believers are crying out to the Lord. 
The problem here in our prayer life is we develop a familiar language in our prayer life, and we use common phrases and slogans, and you, you can actually find yourself praying, and you don't even realize you're praying. I'm going to tell a sad story. I was one time in a church service, and I don't want to all laugh because truthfully it's sad. And you know, we always have the dig. Always Brother Herd comes up. Brother Herd does an outstanding job praying. Comes from his heart. He knows what he's going to say. It's not cliche words. I one time heard an offering prayer, and the man prayed a blessing. And I don't even think he realized it. He blessed our food. We weren't eating. It was for the offering. And the sad thing, and this is a true story, the sad thing is nobody even noticed. Nobody even noticed. I mean, I noticed. Bless our food. Are we having dinner? Are we having the steak after church instead of tonight? I, may, I, I wonder, did I miss something? And the truth is, if, if that could be you, if you have found yourself, your prayer life's just a, a rut of just, God, here, here, here's, I'm, I'm in the routine. I want to tell you one of the greatest answers to prayers I've ever received. And it came out of desperation. It was October 2008. Little, uh, little Daniel was three years old. Elizabeth was one year old. That's all, we had two children. Sherry wasn't working at that point, and... It was one of these weeks, it was towards the end of October, and that week, we had a lot of unexpected expenses. Car broke down, I think appliances at the house broke, uh, extra doctor's appointments, and all this does is ring the, ring the register, and next thing I knew, it's end of the week, it was Friday, and church, I was broke. We weren't we weren't making ends meet. The ends were just like looking at each other. I mean, we had nothing. The checking account was at zero. We were down at the bottom of the barrel. We had no groceries. I mean, unexpected. Just everything that could go wrong that week went wrong. And I remember that Friday morning. I woke up and said, Lord, I don't even have an offering for Sunday. I mean, I had nothing. Zero. I didn't have an offering for Sunday. It was bottom of the barrel. Like, we weren't eating that weekend because we had no, uh, there was no money in the checking account, and there's no food in the refrigerator. And it was, it was a Friday afternoon, and I was up at the church, and, you know, when you're broke, you're depressed. It just, it, uh, when you have no money, it just, it just, it's a Debbie Downer. Everything just is, is, is worse. And I was up at the church, it's five o'clock, and about Friday, I was about to go home, and I just thought, I don't know what we're eating, but nothing, nothing, to, nothing to eat on. And how do we have an offering for Sunday? And it's just a very sad time. Well, that month, there was a lady who had been visiting our church. She had come three times. And, um, and I didn't really know her. In fact, I don't even remember her name. But she had visited our church about three times. Just came to the worship service, and that was it. And I knew her name, and that was about it. Well, the doorbell rang. I was up at church alone. It's five, 5 o'clock on Friday. Door, doorbell rang, and I, I went downstairs and um, opened the door. I recognized it was her. And, um, and she was standing there, so I opened the door because I, I recognized her face. Couldn't remember her name, but I knew who she was. And she was standing there holding a check in her hand. And we had a safe there at the church, so I figured she was just stopping by. And she said, here, um, Dion, I'll give this to you. So, well, thank you. I'll go throw it in the church safe, uh, and I'll go, you know, I she figured she's dropping off her offering. And she said, no, Daniel, that's not for the church. This is for you, you and Sherry. 
said, what happened is we were on a highway, and she says, Daniel, a strange thing happened. I was driving down the highway just a few minutes ago, and I literally felt the Lord speak to me. He said, pull in and give the, see the preacher there and write him a check for $500. And that's for him only and his wife and his family because they need it. I mean, we were alone up there. She said, Daniel, God wants you to have this. Church, tears came down my eyes. We had nothing. I was just hoping the bank hadn't closed. That's how broke we were. <laughs> so maybe on Fridays it stays open at 6 o'clock. So I have one extra hour. We were broke, and we needed that. My prayer that morning, I remember it. I woke up and said, Lord, I don't even have an offering to give you. Do you know that woman came one more Sunday and she left her church? I don't even know her name, but I'll tell you, if there's, of all the people you remember, of the people who left, leave a church, God, whatever, whoever this woman was, God used her. I believe her purpose was to come and to meet our need. Church, that's an answer to prayer. That's how God provides even at the last minute. We were a young family. We were a broke family. And that we bought, Sherry and I brought groceries that night. We went grocery shopping with that money. And I had an offering to give. The prayer that the Lord is telling us, Lord, your kingdom be done. Your will. God knows your need. He knew my need. He knows when you are at the absolute of desperation and all you can turn to is the Lord. Where there's nothing else to hang on to in your life. Whether it's you're in a financial, or you're having family problems, or you have, you're going through cancer right now. He knows it. And He's saying, listen, you get alone with the Lord. You don't need to, you don't need to be a Pharisee. You need to have a private prayer closet where you shut the door and the lights are out and the only person who knows about your prayer life is you and Jesus. Guys, that's it. That is the prayer life our Lord wants from every one of us. Two people are involved. You and the Lord. That's it. No one else that you know. There's no reason to brag. You don't need to come and show off. You don't need to tell your spouse. It's you and the Lord only. And if you don't know what to pray or how to pray, brother, there it is. There's the model prayer. There's the Lord's prayer. He gave it for us. Do you know, I, uh, what, uh, eight days ago, we had the Johnny Hunt Men's Conference. I attended with a great group of guys, and Johnny Hunt is called Unseen, was the theme. And do you know why? It was, I mean, not unseen, unspoken. It's unspoken because he said that's the most common of all prayer requests people say. They just say unspoken prayer requests. That's the number one prayer request in the world. And he made the comment, he says, the vast majority of times we come to God, we're asking for what we need. Our prayer life, if you are not careful, will be a laundry list of everything you want. My, I, and me. And those words are never used. I want you to think about your prayer life this next week. And I want you to try to remove those words. Can you pray without using the word my, I, me? Our Father in heaven, your kingdom, your will be done. And we look at this prayer here, look at the petitions 
that are made. Really, Jesus is te- he's modeling this prayer, and he's, we're petitioning the Lord here. Look what he says here in verse, in verse 9. Your name be honored as holy. Do you guard God's name? Do you prot- is His name holy to you? Do you protect it? Lord, make my life guard Your name and make sure nobody puts it down. That's the third commandment. That's misusing, it warns us about misusing the Lord's name. Your kingdom come, verse 10. Your will be done. God, Jesus is telling the Lord, says, Lord, I, this is what I want. Your will be done on earth as it is heaven. Lord, we, we know your will is going to be done in heaven, but bring it here on earth too. We won't, it's not what I want. It's not what it, my want or me. Lord, it's you. Give us today our daily bread. Do you know that comes from God provided manna, which is bread from heaven for the Israelites in Exodus chapter 16. Do you know when we have an abundance, we tend to stray from the Lord? When you have a lot, you're not desperate because you, you, don't, you're not, you, don't, you don't have to rely upon Him. It's easy to rely upon yourself. And do you know God only provided manna one day at a time because He forced the Israelites to rely upon the Lord? God might not want to give you an abundance because He knows you get abundance, you, you forget about God. That's why he's saying, give us today our daily bread, not weekly or monthly bread, every day. Our food, it comes from the Lord. This is why you need to say a blessing before every meal. We're thanking God for what he's given us. Jesus, when he broke, when he fed the 5,000, what did he do? He prayed over it. It's their daily bread. The Lord provides. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. If someone forgives you, if God has forgiven you, you're expected to forgive others. It's not an option. And don't bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When we don't pray against temptation, if you are not praying to overcome temptation, defeat should not surprise you. You will be defeated. You will struggle with these same old sins. We pray proactively. We do not want the devil to set our prayer agenda Some of you, literally, your prayer agenda is set by the devil. Whatever bad things are happening in your life, whatever your struggles, your temptations, there it is. God, here's what I'm struggling with the devil. No. Lord, you go ahead and you set me free from temptation because I don't want to struggle with it anymore. I'm tired of the devil leading my life. The devil should not be leading your prayer life. We fight sin with prayer. Flip over in your Bible, Matthew chapter 14. Let's look at one more example of Jesus in his prayer life here. This is how Jesus prayed. He gives us the model prayer. Um, Jesus gets alone with God. And we're commanded here in the Sermon on the Mount that we should, our alone time with God is you lock yourself in a room, you shut the door, close the blinds, no one else knows about it. No one should ever, if you keep a prayer journal, it's not for you to share with anybody but with the Lord. That's it. It's not to show off. It's not to brag. It's between you and the Lord. Look what Jesus did here. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. This is what he did when the crowds got big. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. So he threw them out in the boat, set set the boat to go. They are going to the other side. And then he dismissed the crowds. He said, crowds, time to go home. So he's alone. So you think, I wonder what Jesus is going to do when he's alone. 
Verse 23, after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. When Jesus was alone, he prayed to his Father. He got rid of the crowds. He got rid of the disciples. He went up on the mountain to be alone with God. Where is your mountain? Jesus had a mountain. He spent time with the Lord. And he's telling us in Sermon on the Mount that we sh- our mountain, we might not physically go up on the mountain, but there should be a place that you are alone with God. And listen, you don't need to tell people about it. It's, you're, you're not showing it off. No one needs to know. It's between you and the Lord. If Jesus was alone with God, Broadway, you should be alone with God. He's setting an example for how you will have close communion and close fellowship with the Lord. If you are spiritually dry, if you don't feel close to the Lord, here's, brother, here it is. Here it is. You don't know what to pray? There's your model prayer. Pray the Scriptures. Lord, just, I want your kingdom. I want your will. It's about you. Look at these takeaways. We have up here on the screen here. I want, we, there's going five takeaways what we want to get and what I want y'all to, to practice. Number one, Jesus wants his followers to pray on a consistent basis. Your prayer life should not be emergency prayers. It should be regular, routine, a meeting place with the Lord. You should have this. It's alone time, and you're consistently going to the Lord in prayer. And it's private. It's between you and the Lord. Number two, prayer is not a news report to God. You are not there to give Him the news update. He already knows. He knows everything. God knew in October of 2008, God knew I was broke. I had no clue he was going to send this woman driving down a highway to pull in and meet our needs. No clue. I wouldn't even think about it. And when you're broke, I was just thinking how sad I was. That we were going to starve that weekend. Just sad, just sad times. But God knew he knows your need. You are not going to surprise him. Number three, prayer does not change God. It changes us. God doesn't change. Nothing about the I, the Lord, the Bible says, do not change. We're the ones that change. He lines up our life with His will. This is why the Lord's Prayer says, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. Because, Lord, I'm, I think I know what's best, but God, You know what's better. Whatever we know, God knows more. And what we're doing, our prayer life, we're submitting to His leadership and His lordship in our life. And we need to, when we go to pray, we need to say, Lord, change. I'm the one that needs to change. If you use the word I, it should be, Lord, change me. Look at this. Failure to pray is not only a sign of a dead spiritual life. Church, it is complete disobedience to the Lord. Completely. If you have neglected or are neglecting your prayer life this morning, you are living in grave disobedience to the Lord. I might be preaching to some of you. This is a sin. And not only that, it's a sign that you're spiritually dead. There's no life. 
Remember, prayer is communion. It's a fellowship with the Lord. So you're essentially saying, when you don't pray, if your prayer is the blessing, or Brother Hurd's offertory prayer, or the closing prayer I'm going to have in a little bit, if that is your prayer life, that is a dead spiritual prayer life. You know, God commands a tithe from us. But if you tithe your, your time in prayer, that would what, be two hours and about 20 minutes a day. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray continuously. I want you to know the devil is going to keep you away from doing this. He knows if he can't, if he might not be able to get you to sin, he might not be, you might have, he might not be able to get you to fall for stuff that maybe you used to fall and get tripped up by, but if he can just keep you away from the Lord, keep you crying out to the Lord, he'll do it. And you're living in disobedience. And then fifthly, we see here, this is our last takeaway. Your prayer life should never center, should not even use I, my, or me. Those are words you should erase. This morning, I want you to look at your prayer life. Say, God, is this this me? I read this prayer. I see the model Jesus has given us. And Lord, I... I don't pray this way. I don't make it, I don't have a private time. I use, you might use these pronouns you shouldn't be using. And God is speaking to you today. And He's saying, if you want to be transformed spiritually, it's going to start with this. And the second, we're about to have our invitation. We're going to have time response. And obviously, your prayer life's private, but I want you, if I want you to think about the language you're using. God, if I am, if my prayer time is centered around me and my needs and I, what I want, that is not the example. And I need to repent of that and start. If God all of a sudden answered all my prayers, would God's will be done and everybody around me be blessed and healed and see a great blessing and fruitful ministry come from the church I attend, and the loved ones around me, and the gospel to go out, and opportunities to share the good news. It's a other-centered prayer life. God's calling us this. He's asking you, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. God, the purpose of the model prayer is to brag and make God great. This morning, we're about to have our invitation. I want you to make that commitment. It says, God, I'm going to commit to the model prayer. I'm going to commit to the Lord's prayer that He's given us. I repent of this sin of disobedient prayer life and a selfish prayer life. The Lord is going to become all about you. I want us to bow our heads. I'm going to pray this prayer for us. Lord, we're going to pray our model prayer. Lord, this is what you say. Our Father in heaven... Your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. To look up. That's a prayer that the Lord wants every single one of us to be praying. That's your commitment this morning. We need to have breakthrough here in your life. God wants to make His kingdom become your kingdom. His will lines up with your will. Say, Lord, I'm yours. You know my needs. You know what to do. This week, the challenge, I, me, and my. I want you to remove that from your prayer life. Those words have no business to be in there. God already knows what you need. You give it to Him. Make it about Him and about others. We're going to have our invitation. God's called us to respond publicly. He, the Pharisees, they publicly wanted folks to see them in their prayer life. But that's not, uh, that's not how the Lord works. Prayer is internal, but we follow Him publicly. We pray to, we pray to Him privately. I want to invite everyone to stand up. If God has spoken to you this morning, you need to make a decision. Now is your time to respond. Now is your time to come. I'll be down, get down front. If you need prayer, I'll be down there. We'll have, always have other deacons down here. We can pray for you. I'm going to be standing down front waiting for you to respond. David's going to sing us our song. We're going to sing hymn number 249, Jesus Paid It All.
I'm going to ask everybody to be seated real quick. Carol, you want to come stand up here with me? Jeff, Oga, why don't you come stand up here with, uh, okay, she's, <laughs> so, Sherry, you want to come stand up here with Miss Carol's phone? This here is Miss Carol Johnson and Miss Sherry Austin. So uh, Carol here, she has been coming to our church for several months here. They're friends with Jeff and Oga Harris, who joined a few weeks ago. Miss Carol had knee surgery. She came and uh, went through our new, um, I guess that was our new, our new members class uh, we had that was back at, that Skip taught back in, um, I believe that was November we went through. And then she had um, surgery on her, uh, on her knee. And then she's been recovering for that, and I remember visiting her in the hospital, and she said, Dan, when I, when I recover for this, I'm going to become a member here at Broadway. So she's coming this morning, Miss Carol Johnson, and transferring her membership from a local area Baptist church, so we're excited for her being here. Will you join me? If you're excited for her joining our Broadway family, you join me in saying amen. 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 That is... We always have a time of uh, whenever a new a person joins our church, we always have a time of meeting. So we'll have our receiving line. You come by there and shake Miss Carol's hand and welcome her to our church. And I, I think you're in, um, Cheryl, she is in your Sunday school class. Oh, okay. So as we'll get her connected in a Sunday school class and certainly uh, uh, helping her to, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so get her certainly connected in our Wonderful Sunday school class we have. Tonight we have steak dinner. For, we've prepared for 170 people. Hey, if you changed your mind, you didn't raise your hand, let me know. I need it. Rick's, Rick Hawthorne has to let um, Columbia Steakhouse know right after church, like right now. So let me know if you want to come tonight, 6 o'clock. They're coming and they're serving food. We just sit down. They're going to serve us. It's a wonderful time. Uh, the kids eat free. They're going to be having pizza. I think we have gluten-free pizza as well. They're going to be with uh, Ruth and Zach in the, um, in the uh, youth room there. So we're going to have a great time, w- wonderful time of, of fellowship and friends here for a Valentine dinner, 6 o'clock. So certainly uh, uh, able, everybody can come and participate in that. We're going to stand up. We'll have our closing prayer or closing song here with yeah, David Dell. Then we'll come by and shake Cheryl, Carol's hand. How marvelous, how wonderful. Thank you. How marvelous, how marvelous. 